0: Welcome to the CAP Region YP Insights Plus Resources
1: for Young Professionals in the 518. Our podcast is presented by the Capital District Transportation Authority, CDTA. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the CAP Region YP Insights Plus Resources for Young Professionals in the 518. My name is Lindsay Eisinger, and I'm the co-chair of the Communications Committee for the Capital Region Young Professionals Network. Today, I'm joined by Elizabeth Sobel, the president and CEO of the Saratoga Performing Arts Center. Thanks so much for joining us, Elizabeth.
0: It's a pleasure. Thanks for the invitation.
1: Yeah, we're, we're happy to have you. Um, so I think we would be hard-pressed to find a listener who hasn't attended some kind of event at SPAC, but would love to hear a little bit about your journey to your role now and, and what it is you do there. I mean, obviously, president and C- CEO, that's a big role. So, Yeah, I,
0: um, so I'll try to put it in a nutshell, but I, I grew up in uh, sort a of small town, North Carolina. Um, playing the piano and really thought I was gonna end up being a pianist. And when I got into my late teens, I had an epiphany that I did not have it, what it took to um, be a great pianist, and I did not wanna be a mediocre one. So I ended up uh, going to New York City and getting a job as an intern in what we would now call a startup artist management company. That phrase didn't even exist at the time. That's how long ago this was. Um, And shortly afterwards, the small company was acquired by um, IMG, the sports behemoth, and um, I I was uh, asked to join the company uh, full time. And from there, it was kind of a, we rode a rocket, you know, of having, going from the small startup to global leader in the field over about a Well, I I ended up being there for 30 years. So I ended up going from intern through almost every possible permutation of jobs at IMG to becoming managing director. Um, So I was there for a long time, uh, went through many self reinventions um, over the course of that time. And then when I finally left in 2013, Uh, It was because I had been recruited by Universal Music to come run, create and run a new record label, which I did for a number of years. And then I was ready actually to retire after all those years, kind of grinding it out in the arts and entertainment business and um, had actually gone down. My husband and I have an apartment in Miami Beach and had gone down there to sort of go, Okay, I can finally go to the beach rather than just using this apartment as a stopping place, stopping over place to change clothes. Um, And the phone rang about four days into my so-called retirement. And the person said, um, hi, I'm from the search firm doing the search for the new head of SPAC and your name keeps coming up. And I said, (laughs) and I can't believe it now, thanks. I'm gonna describe the view from my balcony here of the ocean and you're gonna tell me why in the world I would ever move to Saratoga Springs, New York. Famous last words. I had no idea what I was talking about because I had never been to Saratoga. Um, And then when I finally did come up for um, an interview uh, in June of 2016, I was only here for 14 hours, but I fell hard for the city. Um, And, you know, just within those 14 hours experienced the tremendous ethos of of the city around green space and the arts literary arts like i'm a big bookstore person and to walk by lyrical ballad and northshire you know to hear music pouring out of multiple doors all over town but particularly on what i now know to be caroline street um, historic preservation um, it it's just it's such a unique and amazing amazing place so that leads up to today. Yeah. And it's hard to say what I actually do at SPAC. I mean, obviously I'm over all the different departments, you know, like fundraising, programming, operations, developments, and all box office, all of that. Ultimately, they all report into me. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the biggest jobs I had when I got here was um, sort of modernizing the company because we were very we were still living in the 1980s as pertains to like technology and and, um, and and also then like building up the staff to, to sort of take on big you know sort of big dreamy projects. Um, I have an absolutely amazing staff now and um, so now I spent a lot of time on, looking for larger funding to do big capital projects um like the pines at SPAC that we did a couple of years ago we have some major um new strategic capital projects coming up so anyway that's kind that's of it.
1: exciting yeah no that's awesome I mean it was great to kind of get an overview of how you got here and I I always love hearing you know uh just what draws people into the area, and I, I think you nailed it with kind of your depiction of, of Saratoga in particular. Yeah. Um, and you know, hearing about your journey um, and your experience in the arts and music industry, I would say just generally, what's been a piece of advice that has kind of stuck with you throughout your career? You know,
0: it it wasn't even so much a piece of an intended piece of advice, but I, when I was studying the piano. I had a teacher who knew how much I loved literature, and we would—he would often, as he was working with me on interpretations and things of, of works, he would always talk about a line in E.M. Forrester's uh, novel *Howard's End*, and it's two words: "Only connect." And you know, it, I think those two words summon up what we do—you know, connecting people to people through music and beauty connecting people to the planet through stewardship of our beautiful, natural location. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that's really, you know, people think of us as a presenter of, you know, big shows and the orchestra and the ballet, but underlying all of that is that we're providing these transformative encounters with beauty that kind of bring us together and remind us of our shared spark of humanity.
1: Yeah, that's really powerful. Um, And kind of speaking about connection, obviously, I think it's been a tough tough couple years to do that. Um, So how did you kind of persevere and guide SPAC through the pandemic? Yeah,
0: I, um, you know, it was challenging. Um, It also brought you know, not to diminish the, the suffering that attended, you know, has attended, it continues to attend the pandemic. But it also brought a lot of gifts, um, time for reflection, time for solitude. Um, people use the word resilience a lot. And I think, you know, it called upon our better angels and our reserves of resilience. Um, but it also, you um, it allowed us to think about the organization in different ways you know this is a 56 year old organization now and when i got here there were a lot of ruts that we would run the carts up and down in the same rut all the time and when you when that happens you retract you know retract you you know contract you don't grow you don't expand and so, so during covid oddly the interiorization that we were all going through individually and as organizations allowed us to imagine who we could be in different ways, and I think that really back in the fall of 2019, you know, we've been expanding our programming for the last number of years to include like culinary arts and healing arts and visual arts and literary arts, um, and we also so we're redefining. Um, what the arts are and why, why we dedicate ourselves to them. And it is all about connecting humans to humans and humans to the planet. And in fall of 2019, we had under were undergoing a new mission statement process to look at SPAC through those different eyes. So oddly, it was oddly prescient because when we got to spring of 2020, and particularly May 18, in particular, the day we canceled the whole season. We were really forced to kind of go inside and say who and what is SPAC when the amphitheater stage is dark, because it didn't mean we ceased to exist, Mm -hmm. it just meant we had to think about ourselves in different ways, and I think that mission statement process we already knew who we were. We were creating experiences that brought human beings together. And so what we ended up doing, we had the new Pines at SPAC facility. I don't know if you've seen it yet, been on the campus since we opened the new facility. It gave us, first of all, beautiful new gleaming you know, facilities, but also a new aesthetic and opened things up. And um, as a result of the building plan, we had a lot of um, indoor outdoor spaces, so a covered pavilion, a beautiful 2000 square foot, second floor terrace that looks out over the trees and the amphitheater. And so by July, when the governor's office was allowing gatherings of 50, max 50 people, we saw our campus as a place for people to gather safely. And so we we're asking ourselves, okay, how can we serve our community? Serve art, serve artists and serve the community. And what we found was that with these beautiful new spaces, we could safely gather people around film nights, around culinary events, around literary events, dance classes, healing arts. Um, We invited healing arts practitioners in, to give in-person classes because people were outdoor. It wasn't, you know, they were socially distanced. And so particularly in that case, where a lot of health practitioners or healing arts practitioners were making no money, um, it gave them an opportunity and a way to, excuse me, um, to make some money. And it also gave people that desperately needed opportunity to do things that were good for, for mental wellness uh, during the, during the pandemic. And so from July to December, we had 10,000 people through our gates, 50 people at a time. Wow. And that was amazing because it um, it just showed us that we're not, you know, it's like the amphitheater stage is grand and, and majestic, and it, it is so much a part of what SPAC is, but it's not, there's, it's something more um, essential that isn't about a big structure. It's about who we are in our hearts. So, um, so that, was, that really has informed how we've gone forward in 21 when we had a, a smaller season. And now this year, as we've come back, a lot of what we were doing during 2020 still kind of informs and infuses what we do.
1: Yeah, that's amazing, and to hear that you still got ten thousand people there during that time is really impressive. And I think you're so right. Obviously, the the bad parts of COVID can't be downplayed and can't even be overstated. I don't think. But um, you know, if there is a silver lining, it's it's what can we learn from it to to move forward. So, yes, that's great. Um, shifting gears a little bit, since we're running a little low on time, um, what can our listeners do? Like, what would you recommend they check out if maybe all they've seen is an amphitheater concert? Um, yeah, it's it's a great question,
0: because despite the fact that we've been doing so many new things, it you know, people think they know SPAC because they know it historically. But <laughs> there's so much going on. I mean, first of all, I did want to mention that our education program in the last five and a half years has grown from serving 5,000 kids to over 50,000 students throughout the capital region. And we do that by sending teams out into the schools, by partnering. We partner with over 120 organizations throughout the capital region. But another COVID silver lining is that we opened the SPAC School of the Arts in September of 2021, which was incredible. So for um and it's not just for kids it's kids and adults so if you have kids and you're looking for something for them to do it's a beautiful program of discovery and exploration where they can come in and learn to play the ukulele or how to dance or improv or there's just there's a plethora of things that they can do and we also have adult classes as well um i would Keep a look at, we have magnificent culinary arts events, Um, the whole different types. Like we had a kitchen garden event where on a Sunday morning we had um, master gardeners coming in and teaching people how to plan and plant a kitchen garden for the summer. And then we served a lunch uh, with, uh, prepared by the local chef Dan Spitz that was based on a lot of early spring vegetables and foraged, um, foraged food. Um, we've got Joe Donahue as a host for our WAMC at SPAC events. We'll be announcing some of those shortly. Um, so I would just say like, spend some time on SPAC.org <laughs> and check it out, sign up for our you know, you know, email blast to make sure that you're not missing anything that SPAC is doing. Um, but there's really, there's it's, uh, There were so much before, obviously, 30 to 35 Live Nation events, the New York City Ballet, Chamber Music Society of Lincoln Center, Philadelphia Orchestra. uh, The Jazz Fest is, is you know, one of the highlights of the summer, but there's so much more. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I I would just urge people to check out all the new stuff that we're doing.
1: Yeah, that was a perfect plug to end on. And I know there will be definitely a lot of exciting things this summer for people to check out. So um, we can go ahead and wrap up from there. But Elizabeth, thank you so much for your time. And to our listeners, as always, you can subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Anchor, and Apple Podcasts. And we will catch you next time on the Cap Region YP.
0: Thank you for listening to the Cap Region YP. The presenting sponsors for the Capital Region Young Professionals Network are Berkshire Bank, Ellis Medicine, National Grid, and TransFinder. The supporting sponsors for the Young Professionals Network are Community Resource Federal Credit Union and MVP Healthcare.